Hey, this is Taylor McCaffrey. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Do me a favor, share this podcast with other people. We thank God that this podcast has been reaching many different nations of the world. And also, if you haven't already, I want you to pray about partnering with us every month as we continue to preach the gospel and go after the harvest of souls. And we also feed hungry people with Feed the Hungry every single month. So if you'd like to be a part of that with us, our website is faithandfire.de. You can go to that website. All the giving information is there. And when you partner with us, a portion of your seed goes to helping feed the hungry. And obviously, as we continue to do live meetings and preach the gospel, you're a part with us of every single soul that's one into the kingdom. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast. He's the King of glory. He's the King of kings. And He's the Lord of lords. That's my King. I wonder do you know Him? My King is a sovereign King. No means of measure can define His limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden Hey everybody, thanks for uh, coming on to the broadcast, it's going to be a great day, and uh, if you haven't already, please share. I have uh, a lot of scripture and teaching that I want to get into today, so I'm going to probably jump right in, and so if you have your Bibles, you can um, 
you can have those handy. And if you're, I hope you're ready to take notes because um, what I have to tell you today is very powerful. It's going to help you a lot. Um, if you've seen the title, Why We Need the Fire of the Holy Spirit Every Day. And uh, it's a major, it's a major um, key to our, to the success in our walk with God. There, there's too many Christians who, um, you know, and this isn't to mock them. It's just a fact. There's too many Christians who have, who feel like they have weak faith and they, you know, they struggle to, to, uh, persevere. They struggle to stay strong in their faith. They, they go from, maybe they have a victory sometimes, and then they go back to a defeat and then a victory and then a defeat. And, uh, it's unfortunate because that's not the, the way that God um, says in the Bible that we have to live, you know. And so, but we have to know by the Word of God how to live in victory at all times. There's a prescribed way that we are supposed to live for God. And uh, if, you've, if you're familiar with this broadcast at all, you know that um, we do our best to teach you victory in your life with Christ. And so, obviously, we, we pray for people, we, uh, we pray for, we, we come into agreement with you, whatever you would be believing God for, uh, we come, we pray for you for physical healing and all types of things, and the people who are connected with this ministry are blessed, and uh, they get ministered to by the power of God through the Holy Ghost. And so, this broadcast is not just about teaching, it's about impartation and, and helping you to receive from God. But um, teaching will help you to, it'll equip you to start seeing victory in areas of your life where maybe you don't see victory right now. And um, so with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, because um, John the Baptist said, Luke chapter 3 and verse 16, I baptize you with water, but there is one coming after me who, who is mightier than I am. I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And um, I'm not only talking about praying in tongues or, or speaking in other tongues. That's obviously uh, a major part of our walk with God. And um, But that's not the only thing, because he said, and fire. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And there's uh, three things I want to give you today, if you're ready to take notes. And uh, you can also let me know where you're watching from in the comments. I'll be glad to greet you and interact with you a little bit as I get into this. Uh, and so I don't, I don't want to... Uh, I think Facebook comments have been messed up recently uh, through the app that I've been using. And so if I've missed your comments, please forgive me. It's not on purpose. But um, if you, if you, wherever you're watching from, do your best to comment and let me know. And I'll be glad to greet you if I see it. So let's get into these three things. If you're ready to take notes, we're going to trust the Holy Ghost for revelation knowledge. We're going to trust Him to illuminate this word to us. Number one, <clears throat> turn with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And um, all of this is going to be along the lines of the fire of the Holy Spirit. And why, why we need it? Why is it necessary? Not just at revival meetings, not just at miracle services, um, but in everyday life. Why, why do you need it? I'm going to get into that. James chapter 3, <clears throat> starting in verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could uh, also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes proud speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a world full of wickedness, corrupt, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole body on, 
It could set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all times, all kinds of animals, birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless. It is, uh, it is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble up, <clears throat> bubble up, uh, sorry, bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So obviously in, the, in those scriptures, it talks about how evil our tongue is in the flesh. And if we only, if we only uh, speak from our flesh all the time, then our, our sinful nature is going to take over our tongue and, and the way we, we talk and everything, everything about what we say is going to resemble the flesh nature and resemble the sinful nature. But we have, <clears throat> we have the authority by the Holy Ghost to, um, to decide what we're going to let out of our mouths. As I've, as I've taught earlier in this week, if you've missed previous sessions this week, I would encourage you to watch them because it ties right into what I'm saying today. This whole thing is a progression this week, uh, but it all works together. And so you can't control every thought that comes to your mind, but you can control whether it's going to come out of your mouth. And I would encourage you that it's not just negative thoughts that come to your mind. There's also godly thoughts that come, especially when you read the Bible, when you, when you pray, you're, th you're already thinking about the things of God, so you might as well speak it with your mouth. And that's how, that's how um, the power of God is loosed in your life and in the world around you. It's, it's by your, your tongue. And so although James chapter 3 talks about how evil it can be, I want you to think about it in the other direction. And, and that's, that's the reason for the subject today, why the, why the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit is needed every single day. I see my dad on. Terry, I love you, sir. I don't know why I just called you by your first name, but whatever. I love you. It's good to have you on. And uh, I'm going to keep going, but I wanted to greet you. So, since you can see by these scriptures that your tongue, because of the sinful nature, is, is, is evil, what has to happen? The Bible says you have to control. It's called self-control. It's one of the, the fruits of the Spirit. We have to exercise self-control and not, not to just speak whatever comes into our, our mind in front of our eyes. When frustrating things happen in your life, you don't have to line your mouth up with it and agree with it. What did, what did Jesus do to the fig tree whenever he came to the fig tree and he was hungry and it was not bearing figs? He cursed it. And so you could do the same way that you bless uh, people, you know, hopefully you're blessing people as a believer, but the same way you bless your family, the same way you bless other people because you love people, um, and the same way that you speak life into different areas by the power of God into your life over your finances, your family, and these things, you could also curse by that same power of God things that represent hell, things that represent the enemy and the flesh. You can curse those things and expect the power of God to completely destroy it. And then you have to speak the word of God to, to plant that seed and see something else raise up in that place. <clears throat> now, go with me to Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to show you something that's very important. You may, have, you may already know it, but I want, to, uh, I want to put this into your spirit because it's so powerful. Many people think that the Holy Ghost only showed up in Acts chapter 2 whenever he you know, baptized people. And, and uh, he came upon them and they spoke with tongues, but that's not the case. Genesis chapter 1, still along this line of this first point. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you what it is. Key number one, the Word only works together with the Holy Spirit. So the Word and the Spirit always work together. You can't just study Scripture and ignore the Holy Ghost and expect for the Bible to have, to have much effect on your life. It takes both. And so Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to start reading in verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. 
and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then He separated the light from the darkness. God, excuse me, God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. I'm not going to take the time to read all of that creation story because I want to get into several of the other scriptures, but it's important for me to point out in this teaching, I love you too, Dad. Thanks for coming on. You're going to have the best day at work you've ever had. I love you so much. Um, and so the reason why it's so, so important to point out that the Holy Spirit was working together with the Word of God is because it's the same in your life today. The Bible says we were made in His image. So the moment you got born again by, by believing in your heart and confessing that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords and you asked Him to be your Savior, that's the moment that His creative power started working in your spirit. And so the Holy Spirit has been working together with the Word of God since the beginning, since Genesis chapter 1. And notice what happened when God our Father um, spoke His Word. The Holy Spirit was hovering, waiting for Him to speak so that He could cause that Word to, to come to pass, cause it to manifest, cause it to, to come into reality. So when God spoke, let there be light, light was. It, it just it happened. And that same creative power is in us because of Jesus living in us and the Holy Ghost living in us. And so um, point number one, the Word only works together with the Holy Spirit. And I want to go ahead and go to number two. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. These things, I believe that they're going to help you today because as I study these things, they're helping me a lot. <clears throat> and... Um, so the Holy Spirit, uh, He's called many things, in the, in the, especially in the book of John, and I believe it's chapter 14 and 15. The Bible calls Him our helper, our strengthener, our advocate, our intercessor. He's called many things. So it, it benefits us so much to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the, he's the third person of the Godhead. Hey, Mario, good to see you. Thanks for coming on. Um, he's the third person of the Godhead. And Jesus himself said, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to quote the scripture. But he said in John chapter 14, it's better for you if I go away. It's better for you if I go to the Father. Because if I don't, then the Holy Spirit can't be sent. So if Jesus made the emphasis that it's better for us, it's not, it's not just equally good. He said better. It's, it's important to emphasize that. He said it's better. If I go, because if I if I don't, then the Holy Spirit can't be sent. So it it it's of utmost importance for us to combine our hunger for this word, both in reading and in study, with a hunger for the things of the Holy Spirit, a hunger for the book of Acts. You know, the 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 um the last day church was was birthed in Acts chapter 2 when Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1 don't go anywhere don't do anything until you receive the promise that I've that I've spoken to you about he is the baptizer in the holy spirit and fire first peter chapter 1 on the second point that I'll give you in just a moment um i'm going to start reading in verse uh 3 all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And though your faith, God, <coughs> sorry, and through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There, there is a wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. 
it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Now notice how, how many times it talks about that your faith becomes purified, purified by fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost, point number two, the baptism of fire is what purifies our faith. So the baptism of fire, <clears throat> notice that it's what caused religious leaders when Jesus was physically on this earth teaching uh, his disciples about these things. It was the religious leaders who crucified him. And the reason is because of this baptism of fire that, that I'm teaching about right now. When Jesus when Jesus was walking on the earth, the thing that offended people about him was that he had fire. He had miracles. He had, um, he had boldness. People, uh, the, the scriptures say that they were, that they were uh, amazed at his authority. The, the baptism of fire comes with a, with a level of authority that is supernatural. It's not duplicatable by human nature. You can't replicate it in a personality, in a natural personality. You know, I'll use myself as an example. In the natural, I have a pretty bold personality. I'm an introvert. I like to be left alone and, uh, and do my own thing. But at the same time, I'm, I'm very bold in my natural personality. Uh, but that boldness in my natural personality doesn't come close to the baptism of fire from the Holy Spirit that literally burns all fear of what people think out of your spirit. The baptism of fire causes you to, to have a boldness to obey God and do whatever He wants you to do in life and press into the things of God where religious people disagree and they think you're too radical. The baptism of fire helps you to hold hold the line the baptism of fire gives you a boldness to where you don't you don't care what the opinions of of people are you're going to do what this bible says from genesis to revelation and i don't mean you're going to go sacrifice animals like the old testament talks about obviously we're in the new covenant but i'm talking about living holy i'm talking about when people want to mock the the gifts of the holy spirit they want to mock speaking in other tongues they want to say those things aren't for today. There's many people uh, in religious places that, that think that those things are either of the devil or they died away with the last apostle. But we can see clearly in the book of Acts that that's not true. And, um, and so the baptism of fire gives you a boldness to where you care, you care more about what God thinks than what any, other, any person thinks. You're, you honor God's word more than you honor anything else. And that's what the baptism of fire does. That's one of the things. So it purifies our faith. <clears throat> and faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so I'm going to keep reading. Uh, verse 8, 1 Peter 1 and verse 8. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy the the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls this salvation was something even the prophets wanted uh, to know more about when they prophesied about his about this gracious salvation prepared for you they wondered what time or situation the spirit of christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about christ's suffering and his great glory afterward then they were told that their messages, their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Now these next verses I'm about to read to you, all these are powerful. But these next ones, I want you to pay close attention because the baptism of fire is what helps us to live holy, ready ready to see Jesus when he comes to get the church. We're closer than we've ever been to the rapture of the church. We're closer than we've ever been. Jesus could come back while this broadcast is going. Jesus, if, he doesn't, if it doesn't happen then, he could come back 
today. He could come back tomorrow. Nobody knows when he's going to come back, but we're closer now than we've ever been. And so these next verses are very important. First Peter chapter one, excuse me while I read a question. The apostles have been given power to heal the sick and cast out devils prior to Acts chapter two, when Jesus sent them to go. Um, yeah, it is the same power. Um, because the Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, lives in you. So it's the exact same power. The only difference would be Jesus was given the power without measure. And so um, he, he was the Son of God. None of us were sons of God by adoption through Jesus Christ, but we are not the Messiah. And so Jesus was given the Spirit without measure. So we, we have a measure of that. But yeah, it's the, it's the same power, same, same Holy Spirit. I hope that answers your question, Mario. Uh, it's a good question. Um, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. So prepare your minds for action, not your spirits. Get that. Prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control, one of the fruits of the Spirit. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that, that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God chose you as holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must uh, live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. Uh, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but now in the last days he has been revealed for your sakes. Through Christ you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeper, deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, uh, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. You could say it out loud, type it in the comments. The word of the Lord will remain forever. Uh, the power did not live in them at that point, where after Acts chapter 2, it sure did live in them. Um, oh, if you're referring to the Holy Spirit indwelling them, that's true. Yeah, the Holy Spirit was not indwelling anybody until Acts chapter 2. That's correct. So, I think I understood your question better that time. But um, notice how, how it talks about holy living. That's impossible without the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I was raised in a specific denomination that does not believe that you can go a day without sinning. And I'm not going to take time to get into that teaching because it causes, um, it just causes too much division and confusion. I'll get into it at a later date. Uh, but the thing is, is that the Holy Spirit and fire is what causes us to live like Jesus lived when he was in the earth. He lived perfect and holy before God. Nobody else has ever done that. That's what qualified him to be our savior. And he is our primary example in scriptures. And so, although we can still follow the example of other spiritual leaders in the scriptures, the apostle Paul, the apostle Peter, these different people, Christ is our primary example of who to imitate. So since that's the case, and he said, be holy as I am holy, since he had the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, and he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire, it is absolutely non-negotiable for us to 
crave and hunger after that same baptism of fire because that is what empowers us to live holy lives at all times. That's what empowers us to say no to sin. I've met a lot of Christians throughout, throughout uh, my time in ministry and just my time being saved who uh, they struggle with habitual sins and they don't have to. If you're somebody who struggles with habitual sin, you don't have to. Obviously, there's no condemnation. However, I want to encourage you and warn you that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire is the only key. Asking God to burn that desire out of you, renewing your mind to this word and living holy is the only, that is the key. People who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, people who have, um, you know, just different habitual addictions, the, the, you know, being saved, being born again, obviously is the first step. That's the prerequisite to the baptism of fire. But just accepting Jesus as Savior and not also receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and of fire is a major, uh, you're missing something major. And the good news is, is that all you have to do is ask God to baptize you with His Holy Spirit and fire. That's all you have to do. You have to desire it, ask Him, and He'll do it for you. He did that for me when I was 18 years old. And so living holy requires the baptism of fire. And also, when persecution comes against you as a Christian, what do I mean by that? I'm not talking just talking about people pulling you out of your house, threatening to, to kill you if you don't renounce Christ. That's extreme persecution, and people have faced that. It, it's it's uh, unfortunate. Um, however, persecution comes in different forms. There's, there's uh, a lighter weight of persecution, if you want to call it that, where people are making fun of you, mocking you, mocking your faith, uh, and a little bit more extreme examples of people um, uh, beating people up physically if they, you know, for, for being a Christian. Hey, you're a Christian. You know, now you have to forgive me. You have to forgive me. I'm going to abuse you. You have to forgive. You know, these different forms of Christian persecution, first of all, the Bible says counted in honor, but also the baptism of fire enables you to carry a level of authority and boldness to be able to handle the situation by the power of God. So you're not just sitting there looking like some weak idiot who isn't defending themselves. Um, you don't have to defend yourself. The Holy Ghost will defend you. But it requires that you get to know the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Go with me to Second First uh, Peter chapter 2. One, one chapter over from the last one I just read to you. Giving you a lot of scriptures today because it's vitally, vitally important. The Word and the Spirit work together. I'm going to remind you of this point that I'm making. The baptism of fire is what purifies our faith. First uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse, uh, let's go to verse 1. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be be uh done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Now that you have, now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests through the, med through the mediation of, of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust in him recognize the honor God has given him, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone, and he is the stone that makes people stumble and the rock that makes them fall. What does that mean? That means that people become offended over the word, so they stumble over it. They, they, they read the Bible with a, with a, uh, a spirit of contempt, or a spirit of, they, they read it with a prideful spirit, not desiring to learn something, but trying trying to you know find find the flaws. There's no flaws in the Bible, by the way. It's the inerrant Word of God. Never fails, never will fail. 
heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And so people stumble over the rock of Christ because he is the word became flesh. You understand? And so the word and the spirit always work together. And so as the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, this baptism of fire that pre purifies your faith begins working in your life, uh, this is, these are the types of things that begin to empower you to walk the Christian life with power, with authority, with victory. I'm going to say it like this, and it, it, it might sound kind of controversial, but there is a major lack of victory in the body of Christ because they have neglected the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And I want you to remember that I said that. But it doesn't have to be that way. And so uh, I'm going I'm to keep going in the scriptures. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, as I've already mentioned. And so they meet the, the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as a temporary resident and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Let me stop right there. I've been dealing with the mind and the soul the last two days very strongly, teaching about how that works. And I, obviously I haven't taught it. Uh, in its fullness, but I've covered quite a bit. And notice what that says right there. That the, the things of this world, the desires of this world, wage war against your soul. I'm going to remind you of a scripture that says, Beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Keep that scripture in mind. I'm going to read this scripture to you again. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Think about that. So it's the, it's worldly desires that wage war against your souls. The desire to sleep with people you're not married to, the desire to, uh, to have a, a love for money, the desire to have a love for anything that, that becomes a God in your life. Those are evil desires that come from the world. And why does it say um, temporary residents and foreigners? Because as born-again children of God through Jesus Christ, we are citizens now of heaven. We're not just citizens of earth, wherever you're from. I'm, I'm from Texas, United States, and living in Germany at the moment. But I'm, I, I have a resident card and a driver's license that proves that I'm legally allowed to live in both of those places. I can legally live here. I can go to the United States, legally live there. I have all my identification for that. However, this is my supernatural, heavenly identification. And the Spirit within me, the Holy Spirit, is my, is my identification card. If you want to, it's kind of a weird way to say that, but you get my point. Because without identification, there's certain places in this world that you can't go without identification. You can't. You can't go to another nation uh, internationally, especially without a passport. You can't, even if you're in your nation and you want to fly or drive from one state to the other, you need a driver's license. You need some form of identification. And so this is our identification as born-again children of God, His Word. We're citizens now of heaven. So that's why He says that. And um, so the things of this world wage war against your souls. So verse number 12, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. <clears throat> then even when they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and then they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So understand that the baptism of fire is what brings all of this together and causes you to be able to live a supernatural life with divine protection, divine um, provision, divine peace, all of this stuff is supernatural. And um, a lot of people want the supernatural power of God in their lives, 
but they don't want to pray in their supernatural language called tongues. And uh, maybe this isn't you, but, you know, in case some people watch this broadcast on the replay, that, that they don't understand tongues. Maybe they've been taught wrong about it. Maybe it scares them. Listen, matter of fact, go with me to, uh, go with me to Acts chapter 2. Let's destroy the, the mysticism around tongues. Acts chapter 2. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it, this needs to be said. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the, ro like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them this ability. That's, that's not figurative. That's not, uh, that's not an idealistic, you know, that, that's not up to your personal interpretation. That scripture means exactly what it says. And so it's not a mystical thing. It's a supernatural heavenly prayer language. I'll give you my personal story very quickly. I'll do it, I'll do it fast and not give all the details because I want to keep going with this teaching. But just as an example to you, I grew up in a denomination that does not, uh, that, that did not believe in speaking in other tongues, didn't believe in it. And so I wasn't necessarily taught anything about it. They just avoided the subject. And, and if people asked about it, they said, that's not for today, even though we know it's in the Bible. And so I just wasn't taught about it. And then when I was 18 years old, by the way, I got saved when I was five. I accepted Jesus as savior when I was five years old. So from five to 18, um, I had Jesus as savior. I had the Holy Spirit living in me, but I didn't have that overflow of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so when I was 18, I was living with a roommate at the time who was a youth pastor. And um, he began to tell, to tell me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues because he spoke in other tongues. And it, it didn't bother me necessarily because my grandparents growing up uh, were a part of a, a church and a denomination that did believe in in other tongues, and I, I would hear them when I would visit their church. It sounded funny to me, but I didn't think too much about it. And so when this youth pastor started talking to me about it, I, I had an idea, uh, but I didn't know uh, anything beyond that I had already heard it before. And so he said, uh, read this book. He gave me a book by Kenneth E. Hagin called Why Tongues. And if you, have, if you have heard of that book, even if you haven't heard of that book, I would recommend getting that book. You can find it on Amazon, I believe. It's probably pretty cheap. It's a little mini book. And I, he said, read this book. And if you want to be baptized in the Spirit and speak in tongues, or, uh, finish this book and then I'll pray for you uh, to receive it. And I said, okay. I read the book and halfway through, I knew I wanted it. I knew I, I, I wanted it so bad. And so um, I finished the book. He laid hands on me and prayed for me. And I started speaking in tongues within like 10 seconds. What happened was, <clears throat> it, didn't, it didn't sound like anything. Um, to me, it didn't sound supernatural. It sounded like gibberish. I think, I think my first syllables sounded like baby talk. I don't even remember what I said, like ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. But it didn't sound like anything intelligent. To be honest with you, if I'm being very blunt, I felt like an idiot. I was like, I knew it wasn't necessarily coming from my mind. I wasn't thinking to myself, okay, try to say something that sounds funny. Okay, ba 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 ba. But I also knew it didn't make any sense. I didn't know where it was coming from. And so I stopped. Then the youth pastor, who had already walked away at that point, he came to me and he said, the devil's trying to tell you that you're not praying in tongues, but you are. Keep going. And then he laid hands on me again. And I've been praying in tongues ever since because what he told me at that moment helped me a lot. When he said, the devil's trying to tell you that you're, that you're not praying in tongues, but you are. I didn't know it was the devil telling me that, but he knew. And I'm, I'm so glad that he had the word of knowledge by the power of the Holy Ghost to tell me that because it set me free to just go at it. And um, from that day forward, I've prayed in tongues. And so the reason I share that with you is because many, many people have experienced that same type of thing 
but they backed off of their heavenly prayer language because they didn't have someone say to them that the devil's trying to tell you it's wrong. And uh, so they stopped because they felt like this sounds so stupid. I don't get it. And uh, because I had that same thought, it's not a sinful thought to, to think that people just have to teach you and help you to understand why it's why it sounds the way it does everybody's prayer language sounds different i've noticed that about the body of christ my prayer language uh sounds different from everybody else but all of us together it, it now let me say this too it's all tongues but everybody's language of tongues sounds a little bit different uh you don't understand it with your natural mind sometimes the holy spirit will interpret it for you give you the interpretation but not every time and I don't focus on whether I have an interpretation or not. If I do, I usually write it down or record it with my voice because that honors the Word of God. But it doesn't matter if you get an interpretation or not because the Bible is very specific that what praying in tongues does for us is it strengthens our inner man. We Obviously, in Romans chapter 8, it talks about that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We pray. Uh, uh, our weakness is our flesh, by the way, in our, in our mind. Uh, because our mind was not renewed, uh, born again when we got saved. That's why we have to renew it. So the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, and He helps us. He helps us by praying through us with words that cannot be uttered. That means other tongues. Uh, we can't utter it because our brain doesn't know how to come up with tongues. It's our spirit doing it, and the Holy Spirit doing it within us and through us that bypasses our brain, since our brain can't come up with that language on its own. It can't be taught in any school. The only time, uh, tongues can only be caught in the school of the Holy Spirit. I hope you understand what I mean by that. And so, tongues is a supernatural heavenly prayer language, if I haven't already covered that thoroughly enough. And we need to do it every single day. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Obviously, that's talking about more than only tongues. But tongues... I pray in tongues twice as much as I pray in English, which is my mother tongue. I pray in tongues as often as I think about praying in tongues. There might be moments where I am doing something and I'm thinking, uh, I'm focused on something else. And I, um, you know, at that moment, I'm not thinking, maybe I'm not even thinking something spiritual. But then I'll remember, oh, I can pray in tongues. And so I'll start doing it again. But we should pray in tongues as often as as possible. That's how often we should pray in tongues. And so, um, still along this line of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire purifies our faith. Go with me to First Peter. No, uh, point number three. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting back into my notes. Point number three. Go with me to Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. I hope you guys are enjoying this teaching as much as I'm enjoying doing it. Oh, the Word of God is so powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Second uh, Peter chapter 3. Now, since Jesus is coming back soon, this is important for you to understand. The baptism of fire. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1. This is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember that the Holy, uh, what the Holy prophets said long ago and what our lord and savior commanded through our through your apostles most importantly i want to remind you that in the last days scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires they will say what happened to the promise of jesus no what happened to the promise that jesus um is coming again from before the times of our ancestors everything has remained the same since the world was first created they deliberately forget that god made the heavens a long ago by the word of his command and he brought forth he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood and by the same word the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire they are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed but you must not forget this one thing Dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, <clears throat> as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. 
but the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the, uh, then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the, earth, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, He will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth. He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. <clears throat> and so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceable lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. <clears throat> and remember, our Lord... Our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. That is what our this is what our beloved brother Paul wrote. Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom uh, God gave him. And so I want you to understand from those scriptures that the baptism of fire is what carries us to live supernaturally holy, with supernatural power, with supernatural authority. That the things of this world have no effect on us. Because this world is going to try on a daily basis to break through your shield of faith, to break through your armor from God and get and, and contaminate your spirit with the things of this world. But your spirit is purified, your faith is purified by the baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. And the Holy Ghost is your helper to walk supernaturally in victory, even in the midst of of everything going on in this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. I know in America that's a popular uh, sticker for people to put on their car, N-O-T-W, not of this world. But that's a reality. That's not just a, a sticker to put on your car or, or whatever. That's a reality. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Romans chapter 8 talks about the revealing of the sons of God. We are the sons of God as born-again children of God through Jesus Christ. We are the sons of God, and this earth is groaning. That's what's happening all around us. All the, all the chaos that we see happening in the world, it's the earth groaning for us to be revealed as the sons of God. How does that happen? That happens as we press into the baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire and seek to do the will of God for our lives, because then souls can be one, which is the whole point of everything. Souls being one before Jesus comes back so that they go to heaven and not hell. There really is a heaven and hell. Maybe you've never heard somebody say that. I see my wife on. I love you so much, sweetheart. Thank you for hopping on. Don't even know if you're still on, but I love you. Thank you so much. Uh, my wife's amazing. She is, she is, uh, <laughs> I can't say enough good things about my wife. She, she keeps me uh, balanced. We'll put it that way. And so the baptism of fire is what gives us a boldness to live for the things of God. Uh, the more chaotic this world becomes, the closer we get to, to the return of Christ when He comes to rapture the church out of here. I, I'm going to share this with you, and I, it's not to scare you, but it's to prepare you. Because the Bible says that things are, things are not going to get more peaceful in this earth the closer we get to Christ. They're going to get more chaotic. If you think that what you see right now is the most chaotic it's ever been, and I would agree with you, it's going to get more chaotic. So praying for peace in the, in the world is a waste of time because it doesn't say to pray for peace. It says that we're to go into the world and preach the gospel. And in my name, they will cast out devils. You can't cast out devils without the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. I can tell you that right now. You, you cannot have authority over the power of the devil without the power of God, the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray for people in just a minute to give their life to Christ and to be baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire and to receive fresh fire if you already pray in tongues because you need to be full every day. You need fresh filling of fire every single day. Um, but since we're getting closer to the return of Christ for His church, how much more should we be living holy? How much more should we be hungering after that baptism of fire so that not only can we live holy, but we go out and we preach the good news to people. We go out and we win souls. The baptism of fire causes the spirit of fear to have zero effect on us. What do I mean by that? I mean, fear will try to come against you. You'll feel 
scared in your flesh, whenever, whenever the Lord prompts you, hey, go witness to this person. If you're shopping in a store or something, and all of a sudden your flesh is like, I don't want to witness to anybody right now. I, I, you know, there's too many people here. There, all of a sudden the fear of man comes, come, tries to affect you, but that baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire easily breaks through that, um, that fear of man and causes you to be able to obey the Holy Ghost and win that person to Christ. And so uh, uh, this is not a time to, to train people in soul winning, but it's vitally important to learn how to win souls, to learn how to preach the gospel, to learn how to communicate the gospel to different types of people. The gospel never changes. So I'm not talking about changing it. I'm talking about uh, being a normal human being and not being weird. But anyway, the baptism of fire helps us to stay living holy from now till Jesus comes back and to say no to the spirit of this world, to resist the spirit of this world and to carry a supernatural authority and power to cast out devils, to occupy until Jesus comes back. That's what it's for. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've been hearing what I'm saying. Maybe you're watching the replay. Maybe you're watching live. You stumbled upon the broadcast and you're curious what's happening. <clears throat> you know, everything going on in the world right now with the protesting, with uh, all, the, all the crazy things happening uh, in the world, there's a reason for it. And Jesus is coming back again soon. The Bible says in the book of Acts that there is no name given among men by which we must be saved other than Jesus Christ. My friends, I want to tell you, there really is a heaven and there really is a hell. The only way to go to heaven is to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. And He is the only way to heaven. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whoever will believe in Him will have everlasting life and will not perish. My friend, God loves you. He has good plans for your life. Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you haven't. But He loves you. His love was proven when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for your sins and my sins. He died for the sins of the world. And why did he do it? Because he loves us and he wants us to live in his good plans. He's only a good God. He's not mad at you. He wants to help you. He wants to show his love for you. But it begins by you believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you once did, but you know you're not living for him right now, and you're not ready to meet him if he was to come back today. Pray this prayer with me. You can, re you can repeat it after me, but mean it from your heart between you and God. Say, God in heaven, I give you my life today. I repent of my sins. I believe you sent Jesus to die for me. And I believe that he rose from the dead. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me with fire. Give me your strength. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm a child of God. I'll never turn back to my old life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, my friends, first of all, congratulations. It's a wonderful life to live for God. But I also want you to contact me on the website that's on the screen, faithandfire.de, because I want to help you grow in your walk with God. No strings attached. I'm not asking you for anything. Just contact me. Go to the website. There's a greeting video on the homepage, and it's specifically for you if you just got saved. I just greet you, introduce myself a little bit, and um, give you a few tips on, on growing in your walk with God. Everything's free, and uh, there's no strings attached. And thank you so much for, for not only watching, but praying the prayer and securing your salvation in heaven. But now it's not over with. Now it's time to learn about your walk with God. And uh, for those of you who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit uh, and, and you already speak in tongues, uh, if you don't speak in tongues, you can let me know if you're brave enough to in the comments. Uh, there's no shame at, at all. So don't be afraid to do it. Because the point is, I want to pray for you if you've never prayed in tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is vitally, vitally important to your success in your walk with God. And so, uh, if you haven't ever prayed in tongues, let me know. 
the only stipulation is that you're saved. That's it. That you've given Jesus Christ your life. That, that's the only stipulation. Um, and so for those of you who have already prayed in tongues, but you know, you, you just, the things that I've talked about, walking in supernatural power, living a successful, uh, powerful uh, life of authority with the, with the baptism of fire. You hear me talk about those things, and that, and that isn't a, a, a reality in your life, but you want it to be. You're hungry for the baptism of fire. I want to pray for you right now. I just want you to lift your hands and ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you with fire. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. I ask you to touch your people today with fresh fire from heaven. Purify their faith. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. If there's pain in your body, be healed right now. That's it. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost touching you right now. In the name of Jesus, the baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire, fresh fire in Jesus' name. Where you felt weak, be made strong right now. I curse every sickness and disease under the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus. I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. He is the great physician. He is the healer. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, be healed. Be set free. Anxiety, fear, and depression have no place in your life. I curse it now in the name of Jesus. The Bible says you have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So live in the spirit that you have been given, not that you haven't been given. Hallelujah. Receive a fresh fire in your spirit right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it, Father. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. If you receive it, just thank God for it. Say, type amen, lift hands in the comments, whatever you need to do. But just receive that fresh fire right now, that fresh anointing. Hallelujah. You're not, you're not going down. You're not going down anymore. God has good plans for you. He's too good. And, and He loves you. He doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't want you to struggle. Your days of struggle end today if you'll submit to the Word of God. Your days of struggle end the moment you decide that I'm going to stick with the Word of God. I'm going to stick with the Holy Ghost. Your days of struggle are over the moment that you give your entire self to, to the will of God for your life, to Jesus. Hallelujah. There is no struggle when it, when it comes to uh, living in victory in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, <clears throat> that uh, it says, blessed be, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. The Bible says we're seated with Him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. There's no defeat in heaven. So there's no defeat in you. You will not be defeated. You will not give up and quit. Praise God. If you believe it, put some fire in the comments. I want to give you an opportunity to sow seed into the ministry and partner with us. Um, and, uh, you know, God is a good God. And more, than, and more than just healing your physical body, He wants to provide for you financially. You know, being a tither and a giver, Obviously, the tithe goes to um, goes to the storehouse, the local church. But when it comes to giving into the gospel, gospel preaching and soul winning ministries, there's a reward from heaven for that. Not just spiritually, but financially. The Bible says, given it will be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, the Bible says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a person sows, that's what they're going to reap. I want to encourage you and challenge you to be, to, uh, be generous. Give, give, give more than what you normally give. Obviously, obey the Holy Spirit. But if you're believing God for expansion in your business, if you're a business owner, um, if you're wanting to start a business, whatever the case is, if you're working a, a, a job and you're believing God for a raise or for a promotion, sow seed into this ministry uh, as we go after souls and as we teach the word to the body of Christ. Sow seed into the ministry with faith attached to it 
that God is going to make happen for you what you desire. And um, obviously, your desire is to be attached to the furthering of the kingdom of God. So if you're a business owner or wanting to start a business, your first desire should be to generate wealth to put into the kingdom of God and to put into the gospel of Jesus Christ. The same if you're just working a job. (coughs) Maybe you're not a business owner or wanting to start a business, but you work a job and you want to see a promotion, you want to see a raise. When you put God's kingdom first in your finances, it, it... puts you it puts you at a place where God puts his supernatural favor on your life because it lets him know that you that what he cares about the most you care about the most and so Jesus said where your treasure is that's where your heart will be also the easiest way to find out where your treasure is is to see where your money's going and so just obey God whatever he would have you do and there's a blessing attached to it And you will be blessed in your giving as you give with faith and give cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. If you you can't give cheerfully, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to adjust your attitude, get happy about it, and have an expectation in your heart as you sow that what you sow, God's going to multiply back to you. What level do you want to see multiplied back? That's the level you should be giving. If you want to see 30-fold, if you want to see 60-fold, 100-fold, it depends upon your stewardship and it depends upon where your faith is. And so whatever level you want to receive back, give at that level. And so just receive that challenge, whatever it is, whatever you normally give, you know, just increase that. Believe God to, to go higher, not only in your income level, but in your giving level. And as you do, God will bless you for it. I thank God for our friends and partners. Um, and also we're believing God for 100 partners at $50 a month or more. So if, if God would speak to you to be one of those 100, he'll bless you for it. $50 a month, uh, or more and 100 partners. And so I thank God for our partners, uh, so far and, uh, our partners are blessed. I pray a blessing over everybody's seed sown. May God Touch your finances as you give with faith and give cheerfully. Hallelujah. It's a blessed thing to give into the work of God. And we have seen so much expansion and increase in our personal finances and in this ministry. This is God's ministry. His hand is on it. And so when you give, you're not just paying the bills of the ministry. This ministry doesn't, we're not in debt. Everything's great. And the Lord is expanding and the Lord is uh, uh, moving us forward and putting us, you know, there's many things that the Lord is doing. And so when you sow seed, this is good ground. That's really the point that I'm making. You're sowing into good ground. And so as you give cheerfully and as you give with expectation of the goodness of God and for it to be multiplied back to you, thank you so much in advance. Thank you to all of our partners. Thank you to those who sow today and who partner today. If the Holy Ghost leads you to do that, you are blessed. And um, I'll be back on again tomorrow, 3 p.m. And thank you so much for watching. Uh, If you have prayer requests or anything like that, you can let me know by emailing me on the website. You can even put it in the comments here. I'll be glad to pray with you, agree with you, and uh, trust God that He is going to come through in your life in every single area. Your finances will be blessed more than ever before from this day forward as a result of connecting them with the kingdom of God through this ministry and wherever, whatever he leads you to sow. Thank you so much. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow.